0: Welcome to The Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Legal Toolkit on The Legal Talk Network. Before we get started in earnest, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Amicus Attorney, the world's leading practice management solution for lawyers. Amicus Attorney helps manage your law firm so that you can concentrate on being a lawyer. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. If you're a returning listener, welcome back to the show. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're happy, the New Year's baby from Rudolph's shiny New Year, just pull your hat down. I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm the Assistant Director and Senior Law Practice Advisor at the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. LOMAP, for short, that's easier to say. We provide free and confidential law practice management consulting services to attorneys in Massachusetts. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. You can buy my book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association on iTunes, at Amazon and at the Barnes & Noble in Kirksville, Missouri. If you're desirous of more podcasting freshness, check out our Lunch Hour Legal Marketing show, where we release monthly episodes featuring legal marketing experts. Here on the Legal Toolkit, though, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk all about branded networks. What are they? Should you think about joining them? Now, be patient. We'll get to that. Our guest today is Susan Cartier-Liebel, the founder and CEO of Solo Practice University. Solo Practice University is the only practice of law school. It's an online community featuring practical courses designed to help solo and small firm lawyers build successful law firms. Susan herself is a former practicing lawyer who started her own firm right out of law school, and she's also been an adjunct professor at Quinnipiac University School of Law. She shut down both those endeavors in 2009 to found SPU. She maintains the popular solo practice university blog and is a frequent writer and speaker for local and national lawyers organizations. Susan was an advocate for solo and small firm lawyers before it was cool. So Susan, welcome to the show.
2: Hi Jared, how are you? And I'm happy to be here.
1: Now Susan and I talk all the time and we've talked a little bit about branded networks. (laughs) So this is going to be like old home week here. Now, Susan, as I, as I just said, we've known each other for quite a while, right? So I'm not going to mince words. Can you tell the people out there, what on earth is a branded network? And does that definition change at all when we're talking about branded networks in the legal vertical versus other verticals?
2: Well, you know what? It's very interesting because whether we realize it or not, you know, if there was an audience out there and I could see a show of hands, I'd ask people right now, you know, how many people are on Facebook? How many are on LinkedIn? How many are on Twitter? Who has a profile on another branded network like an Avo or something else? Because the reality is a branded network is simply a company that has created a single brand around their products and services which are marketed direct to the consumer. So they call it D2C. And if it was a brand that was directed um, specifically to businesses, you'd call that direct-to-business or D2B. So, you know, the funny thing about branded networks is we all engage in them. We just don't realize exactly what they are. And they are playing an astounding role in the legal profession right now. They've been around forever in every other type of, you know, industry. But right now it's finally coming home to the uh, legal profession, because as, all, as we all know, you know, legal profession is you know Neanderthal, knuckle dragging, you know, pulling, kicking, and screaming in the 21st century. Um, but that that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, yes. The, the the interesting thing about branded networks, though, is you'll hear, and I and I hate to mock it, but it, you know, it's the word "hot" and sadly overused and misused word is this word "disruption" and. Disruption is not coming from branded networks in and of themselves, okay? The majority don't really know what disruption means in the legal field. So I want to give a great analogy, something we all can relate to if we're over the age of, I don't know, 40. But um, I'm only kidding. Um, but we're going to use – You'll have
1: to explain it to me <laughs>
2: That's kind of like explaining to someone that there was a time on television sets where you had to actually get up and turn the dial to change the station. <laughs> you know, people are like, what? Yes. I don't understand that. Okay, so the best, <laughs> the best analogy I can come up with is the automobile. Okay, when the automobile first came out, it was an invention. It was a shiny new object, it was expensive, and primarily it was a novelty for the the elite, because as you know, the majority traveled by horse, horse and buggy, bicycle, or they walked. And we've all seen those black, beautiful black and white pictures of you know New York or San Francisco. Then Henry Ford came along and he introduced the assembly line. The assembly line was the invention, the innovation. I'm sorry, the innovation. It had the ability to bring down production costs on the invention, which was the car, and that's if people wanted to buy it they might be able to afford to buy it. It was the innovation. It was not the disruption. The car was the invention. The assembly line was the innovation. But what it permitted was the disruption. And the disruption was when the masses wholesale adopted the purchase of cars. So the way to explain disruption, disruption is when there is a massive adoption of mm. mm-hmm. an invention that's made available to you through the innovation. It's the only way to describe it. So yeah. the legal profession is about to experience a major disruption in a lot of areas. And my, big, my guess is the biggest disruption is going to come when there is a wholesale adoption of these branded networks to generate business, to connect the lawyer to the consumer, because it goes to the heart of how we get clients in the door. Um, and if I just want to say one other thing here, because I want to get it out of the way. In the profession, you'll hear word of mouth. I call them the WOM practices, you know, the word of mouth practices. Word of mouth is clearly the best way to get business, <clears throat> but it's only half the truth. These practices actually do exist. They're real. They're not unicorns. But the achievement happens much further along, in the professional life of a successful lawyer. Basically, these word-of-mouth practices are the brass ring. So if you meet someone, a lawyer who says that they get 85 to 100% of their business from referrals, it means that lawyer has arrived. It's not the beginning or the middle of the journey. It's the ultimate dream destination. But in order to build your practice, you have to start somewhere. And I think once you get this idea in your head that you're working towards 85% oh, to 100% word-of-mouth referral practice, and that's not how you start out the door, then you'll be more open to understanding how these innovations, these branded networks, only innovative in the sense that they're now coming into the legal marketplace, have a role. And as consumers start adopting them en masse, that's where you're going to be getting your business. That's a disruption.
1: Gotcha. I, I think that's really... Interesting. Let me let me plug my man, Ken Burns, for a second here. It's a great documentary on The Roosevelt's on PBS right now and on Netflix. Fascinating stuff about Henry Ford, if you're into that sort of thing. But I digress. So I see where you're coming from. The disruption is soon to take place, but has not taken place yet. I think now that we've qualified a disruption and the branded networks are not yet that, but certainly have the potential to be that. What's different about branded networks in legal as the new year unfolds that represents a change from the way things were, say, even three to five years ago?
2: Well, okay, let's back up a little bit, okay? Because, you know, you still have most lawyers when you talk about them, they have kind of an irrational and a visceral reaction when they hear the name like LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer and even Avo. It's a little ir- little less irrational with AVO, and they actually now have curiosity when they hear names like UpCounsel and Logo and Priori Legal and Law Trades, And all of these, and a tremendous number of others, all fall into the category of branded networks. And what these networks are starting to offer, just so you have an understanding of how they're coming into the legal vertical, They're offering legal forms and documents through document automation. They are offering assembly programs. They're offering concierge services to clients by connecting clients with lawyers while providing all the services a lawyer needs, such as invoicing. Some of them are even talking about providing malpractice insurance for their lawyers that come on board and a whole host of other things. So this is really kind of wide open. So when it comes to uh, why there is potential innovation and disruption in 2015, It's coming from some facts that you need to understand, okay? Basically, these companies are coming in with budgets, marketing budgets, that far exceed those of most law firms. I mean, it's crazy the amount of money that's coming in. And so they're building brand recognition to drive clients to their own websites. And individual lawyers, solos, really cannot compete with the reach and marketing power of these branded networks. They're going online, they're going on TV, they're flooding social media, they're flooding you with email marketing and snail mail marketing. They're like fishing trawlers sweeping the ocean and scooping up every form of sea life, then cherry picking who to give the fish to. So you have to ask yourself, can you really compete effectively? For now, you probably still can. But if you don't understand branded networks and how they could potentially benefit you as a solo, it actually can be bad for business. So let's talk about some facts. The legal services sector is a half a trillion dollar industry. The legal industry is one of the largest and most inefficient service economies. And there has been a 75% rise in legal costs over the past decade compared to 20% rise in non-legal in, in costs. And I can give you the sources. It's, you know, William Blair and Company, National Law Journal, Eversheds, you know, on and on. And it's been estimated there's more than $1 billion in unaddressed legal needs. They're unaddressed because they don't recognize they have a legal need. If they recognize they have a legal need, they feel the cost is prohibited for the value to them to resolve, or they think they can do it themselves. So these big branded networks have access to capital simply because of these statistics. And because of these statistics, we know there's a huge latent market of underserved individuals, so this is where they're headed. And just like a heat-seeking missile hones in on its target, so flows venture capital. So you've got up counsel and I'm going to give you some back as of like 6 months UpCouncil has $14 million, $10 million just since July of last year, and they're just two years old. You've got Rocket Lawyer with $46 million. I think they probably probably more than that by now, and they just bought LawPivot, which is a Q&A site. You've got Avo with $132 million, $71 million just as of July of last year, and they've started Avo Advisors, and, and the, which is a whole other issue. And LegalZoom is $266 million. <clears throat> That's just four companies – Or, excuse me, with nearly a half a billion dollars in venture capital, and they're targeting your clients. So you have to understand, they're going to just plow over the marketing world for lawyers. So you have a choice. You can be part of it as you build your practice, or you can dig your head in the sand and drown as the waves wash over you. So that's where... The disruption is coming from because as they flood the markets and they reach your clients and draw them in to them, as the masses adopt that as a way of finding lawyers, they're going to control and process who gets these clients. That is the disruption that's coming down the pike. So there you go.
1: <laughs> that was a uh, that that was an excellent build up. So we got we got more money coming into branded networks there utilizing new types of services and they're also uh, associating with lawyers in different ways. So now if, if the practicing lawyers out there have not soiled themselves yet and are still <laughs> listening to the podcast, let me ask you this. Aside from the obvious advantage of money, right? What other advantages do branded networks attain over the individual attorneys that they're really competing with for business?
2: Okay. Well let's give let's give some examples. And and, and I think the most you have to realize where your consumer and client is coming from and i always talk about this on the solar practice university blog you have to understand what is your client experiencing what is your potential client experiencing in this economy what are they going through and these companies are tapping into it these consumers and clients just just to you know give you some backstory on it they're very price sensitive even though they have money you know they're price sensitive. They're, yeah, you've got your, your hardcore do-it-yourselfers who feel they have the intelligence to figure things out. But I've talked to people at LegalZoom, and even when they're buying legal forms, they feel the need to talk with an attorney. And that's why models like LegalZoom are bringing attorneys on board, and you're going to see changes there too. But here's where, else, where they're going also. They are developing relationships with Sam's Clubs, okay, you know, they have a program for uh, real estate, I'm not sorry, wills and trusts. You know, they're starting out small with transactional matters. Um, and so you go in there, you can purchase a year's worth of an attorney's services plus these documents. So they're blending the two. And where are they doing it? At a large big box store where people have memberships. And so they're discounting and they're creating, you know, price competition at a much lower level. Now wouldn't you as you're starting out maybe want to be on board to get started at an environment like that where they're again funneling clients your way through a massive program with big marketing dollars behind it. Then you have to ask yourself can Costco or BJ's or Walmart be far behind with this type of thing? Creating those kiosks and making it part of membership?
1: Yeah, and you've got a, you've got that Canadian company, what are they? Axiom Legal is that the name of them? They've got they've got law offices set up in uh walmart's in canada i think
2: is it axiom i i wasn't sure of the name but yes there is someone who in canada was able to get into the um the walmart's and create a kiosk precisely for this
1: i just got to say if you were in canada wouldn't you go to tim hortons instead of walmart i don't know that's my that's my only objection but go
2: <laughs> and have a coffee and a donut sure <laughs> No, but here's what's happening. You're getting these large companies and even smaller companies that are creating franchises where you're coming in and you are you know, setting up a lawyer with you know, a menu of services at fixed prices. If it's something bigger or more complex, they feed the attorney the ability to represent that client or they you know, send it out. Um, and that's what's happening. That's the big thing that's happening. And you know, and, and it, how difficult is it to do? I mean, you've got the biggest marketing playground out there, the Internet, which includes all your social media forums, and this is where these people are. Here's some more statistics because I know you love them. 87.9% of North America is on the Internet. They're on their mobile devices three hours per day out of a total of 5.6 hours per day online, which is surpassing desktop usage, 51% to 42%, okay? And then you add in T V, which is four point three hours per day, and you have a screen time total of nine point nine hours per day. Now ask yourself as a solo small firm, are you able to get in front of them, you know, on their screens? No. But LegalZoom can, Avo can, well all these other people can, all these other big box companies can. Okay? Nine point nine hours per day in front of one screen or another. So they're advertising. They're out there advertising, and you can't. Then you have to look at how clients are finding lawyers on the Internet today. Their top three destinations are Q&A sites – now who has the Q&A sites? You've got Avo Advisor, you've got Rocket Lawyer who just bought Law Pivot. You've got the non-legal sites that have Q&A such as justanswer.com which used to be pearl.com. So you've got other sites that are not lawyer specific that have a legal component to it that also have big bucks. So we haven't we haven't even really factored in their money. You've got the second one is lawyer rating websites, okay? Avo again, Yelp, lawyers.com lawyerratingz.com, and more. And then you've got your own website. Those are the three top destinations. Then you've got the matching websites, you know, the people that, I call them, you know, the legal dating sites that are creeping up there too. And that's after online directories. So how is the solo supposed to compete with this marketing might? So everything is in place now. Everything is in place. It's just a question of when, Are the clients going to adopt this en masse? It's ready. It's right. The consumers are price sensitive. The marketing's in front of them nine hours a day, the ability to get in front of them nine hours a day. And if you're not part of it, if you're not recognizing it as you're building your practice, you will be pushed to the side because you can't rely on word of mouth. That's the goal of your practice, to have that word of mouth reputation.
1: It's the American way. You pick up six pounds of Laffy Taffy at Walmart. (laughs) Now, we're gonna take a quick break. It's gonna be a little just a minor disruption here, but when we come back, we'll put a bow on this discussion with Susan Cartier liebel of Solo Practice University. Amicus Attorney's world leading practice management solution allows you to do more, bill more, and go home early. It serves as a hub to your practice, and Amicus customers report that they save over eight hours and bill an extra five hours per week. Built by lawyers for lawyers, Amicus has two award winning solutions Amicus Premium with a unique client portal and the exciting Amicus Cloud with seamless email integration. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. Thanks for coming back. We were here the whole time, though. <laughs> So, why don't they just build an army of robot lawyers? Why don't they why do they still need attorneys?
2: <laughs> do you really want me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, actually it's a very good question. The fact is 80% of the information a lawyer can provide is available on the internet, and that's where you get your Google scholars who go online and think that they know everything. It's the very smart lawyer who's going to recognize that 20% of that information cannot be had on the internet. That's experience. That's advocacy. That's understanding the individual. That is putting all that um, legal information together and precedent and everything else. The smart lawyer is going to be the one who understands that and gladly gives out that other 80% and becomes the go-to source you know, so not for anything. So robots really can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> so so we're that's safe true. there. That's not going to happen. You're going to have robots who are going to be able to sift through documents and, and pick out keywords and everything else like that. Um, <laughs> but it's not, it's, <laughs> that's not why you want to hire a lawyer. You want to hire a lawyer that you're not going to be able to actually pre- replace that advocate at all. If you all want right. just so, so work, that's fine. Yeah. But you're not going to be replacing lawyers anytime soon.
1: All right. Sorry, robots. Put all your resumes away.
2: <laughs> but you know what? I did want to say this, though. You know, I've been talking about branded networks, but all branded networks are not created equal, and all branded networks are not right for you. Um, that's the truth. And there's another problem, too. Um, I see it at Solo Practice University because I get approached all the time by people who want to be sponsors on our site, and... They've just come up with the newest, greatest, latest. And then I ask them, well, have you heard about this? No, I didn't hear about them. You know, and they're just a leader in the field. So, <laughs> you know, you're going to see a lot of interactive startups in this space. You really are. And you're going to hear names come and go. You know, somebody who was hot one day, gone the next. Um, so not all of these startups are equal in any way, shape, or form. And you've got to do your homework. So, you know, and it's going to be hard for you to separate the good from the bad. It's hard to figure out which one is actually the best for your practice, you know, because some of these startups are going to thrive, but the truth is most are going to die. They really are, but they, right now it's just—it's like the gold rush. You know, everyone's coming in and saying, "Oh, this is where the money is. I'm, I have a great idea. Let me figure out how I can do this." You know, platforms are cheap to start because you know, so they figure they're going to go out and do this and they're going to maybe write for somebody and, and get their name out there. But there's a lot more to it than that, and so. You know, the goal that you have when you're pursuing a branded network and the goal of this session actually is to get you to think about where you want to be in this ecosystem. It's identifying what's going on, understanding what's going, coming down the pike, where you want to fit in, and how can you fit in in a responsible way. So you have to ask yourself, is a branded network right for you? And my suggestion is that there is at least one or two branded networks that will be right for you and you should be part of them.
1: Okay, I think that's a good strategy point. Pick one or two, see where it goes.
2: Exactly. And so what we wanted to do today, you know, um, we're not going to talk about it out loud. It's just easier for, you know, uh, us to provide a document to you. But what we created, um, and I say we, is because Jared and I, Jared had some great input into this, um, is is we came up with, I think, a really awesome um, document on how to vet a branded network because you really need to ask very important questions of any network that you are interested in, because it's your law license on the line, you know, and associations. Associations are very important. So we came up with a branded network, how to vet a branded network document that's available on the Solo Practice University site. You can download it from solopracticeuniversity.com forward slash, I'm sorry, backslash vet branded, V-E-T-B-R-A-N-D-E-D, and you will see a whole host of questions to ask of the branded network, but also a set of questions to ask yourself, what is it that you're trying to accomplish here, and how does it fit in with your personal goals and professional goals for your practice, which is very, very important. Um, it's too much to discuss on this podcast. Sorry if we're trying to bait you or not. It's just too much to discuss. Um, but it's something you really need to think about.
1: My, my stick figures in that paper are particularly amazing. I spent a lot of time on those. <laughs> um, and, and before we end here, I'll, I'll let you give the, the uh, link again. But before we go, i got a couple more questions for you. So my first question is that there are a lot of conscientious objectors out there is how I refer to them, you know the lawyers who are refusing to use branded networks. So the lawyer that says, you know what? I'm not going to fill out my Avvo profile. And when the company collapses because I haven't done that, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> now, <laughs> should those attorneys who are sort of seeking to crumble the industry via the sheer force of their own will, should they relent at some point? And how so?
2: Well, you know what? I, I, I love to use analogies, and I don't know if anybody ever saw the movie Happy Feet, but... um
1: the penguin movie. All right.
2: <laughs> no. <it laughs> um, at the end of the day, there was a penguin who just, you know, was just didn't fit in, you know, whatever. And there was an issue going on. They were starving. They had no fish. And he kept hearing these noises, and he didn't understand why there were no fish. Nobody else would go and explore why there were no fish. They just decided that. We'll, we'll get the fish. Someone will take care of us. There was a preacher penguin out there saying, you know, everything will take care of itself. We have to keep this, maintain the same way. And this oddball penguin went on to the other side and said, if I don't figure out why we're not getting fish, we're all going to perish. And he went to the other side. He swam. He hit all these perils and everything else. And there was a fishing trawler sweeping up all the fish and taking it back to Asia. So you had the people sitting there. He had to stop the fishing trawler. or he had to find another, you know, fishing hole. But the other penguins just said, if we stay, if we believe, you know, nothing will happen to us, we'll get fish as they all starved. That's the best analogy that I can bring here because you have to be willing to explore. You have to accept things are changing. And if you don't believe that things are changing, you will crumble, you can stand firm and you can turn around and say, you know, I've been doing it this way for so long and I've always found clients and someone has always walked in the door. And that's, if that's your business plan and business plan is based on, on history and hope, then God bless. Go for it. Um, but that's not how I would advise someone starting out today or someone who's looking to build a business for the next, you know, 30 years. You have to understand the changes that are coming. And you can't just rely on your old sources for food. Because someone will come along and disrupt your ecosystem, as my analogy in Happy Feet.
1: <laughs> wow. Mumble from Happy Feet. I've I got to be honest. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I don't quite know how to recover. We, I think we just went to a dark place. Okay. I have, uh, I have one more question for you. <laughs> sure. So let's talk about lawyers, like the future lawyer and the revenue streams. How much of a lawyer's future revenue stream do you think, say, like five, ten years from now, is going to be developed by branded networks, their participation therein, and how much from sort of the traditional private practice sources?
2: You know what? I am not even going to try to prognosticate on that because every lawyer is going to build their firms differently. If, if a new lawyer is just starting out today, I would strongly encourage they get involved in one or two or three branded networks to start building business and getting accustomed to having these clients and then working these clients that they get for referrals and heading where they're going to go down the road. And they may keep with the branded networks or they may just use it as a step, stepping stone to get where they want to go, which is ultimately referral business uh, of the exact – quantity and quality they want based upon who they know they want to represent. If someone's starting out five, ten years from now, and the very first thing they come into is going to be a very different conversation. It's going to be, okay, you're starting your law practice, you know, join this branded network, this branded network, this branded network. I think in 10 years from now, there's going to be branded networks that are going to be geared strictly for specific practice areas. I, I, I think that's how it's going to proliferate. Um, so percentage wise I can't really say it's how it's how you how you want to build your practice but I think if someone is starting today they should look to them immediately as leverage to you know to step them up and get them started get them practicing get them working with you know Um, clients right away. Now, understand this, too. If you're fresh out of law school, you know, I don't know all the criteria that each individual branded network has in order to be a, you know, a potential lawyer for them. Some have thresholds. Some have, you know, just sign up, you're good to go. Um, So that's all part of how to vet a branded network, you know, what works for you and what are the criteria of each branded network.
1: That was a very political answer. Perfect for the season we're in right now. I have to say, I think we've turned this subject matter over fairly effectively at this point. And it is true. We've come to the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. But don't worry. We'll be back next month. Now, in the meantime, if you're feeling nostalgic and you have a lot of time on your hands, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks once again, Susan Cartier-Liebel of Solo Practice University for taking the time to stop by the virtual studio today to talk to us about Branded Networks. So Susan, hit us up with that link for the Branded Networks article, and then tell us a little bit more about how folks can find out more information about you and Solo Practice University.
2: Okay, so if you want to get this download, it's solopracticeuniversity.com forward slash, no, (laughs) backslash, vet. Branded, V E T B R A N D E D. And you also can join us anytime. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Solo Practice U. Join us on Facebook. We've got a great community there that has great conversations. Um, and that's Facebook.com forward slash Solo Practice University. And more importantly, we'd love for you to join us over at Solo Practice University because we are an online community, educational and professional networking community with more than 1,500 classes on the 360-degree experience of building your solo small firm practice that uh, we've been around. We're celebrating our seventh birthday in March. And we, you can certainly sign up to get our blog posts um, in your inbox, and uh, we'd love to have you participate in the conversation and join us.
1: Thanks again, Susan. Always a pleasure. Oh,
2: absolutely. Thanks
1: to all of you out there for listening. Except for you, Peyton Manning, you're still the worst. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.